Welcome in to another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is Thursday, April 15th, 2021. I've got a great show for you guys. We got a couple defensive linemen in the NFL that are in the news, too, for completely different reasons. We also had the return of one fighting championship to TNT last night. There was a couple good bouts that I want to talk about. But before we talk about all that stuff, I want to highlight that one of our favorite podcasters, no, not a Cali Green Monster, but one of the other most popular podcasts, you know, the guy that was, you know, hit headlines earlier this year or late last year when he signed his big deal with Spotify. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Joe Rogan. He made a cameo in one of my favorite television shows yesterday that I had no idea that he was a part of that show at any point. But I guess it makes sense because I remember him mentioning, you know, when he first moved to Hollywood and some of his friends that were trying to get acting gigs and stuff that, you know, one of the big deals and one of the biggest shows at the time when he first moved out here was Friends. And he'd hear, oh, so-and-so booked Friends or whatever. Well, I guess Mr. Joe Rogan had booked Friends as well. And not many people know about this because I guess it was in an uncredited role and it was in season two, episode 13. I think it's titled The One After the Super Bowl Part Two. And this episode has, you know, a lot of celebrities in it. You know, Julia Roberts is in it. Jean-Claude Van Damme is in it. And they're on a movie set and there's these group of people gathered in with like hazmat suits or, you know, like kind of like for a pandemic movie or something. And one of the people in a hazmat suits has a humongous head. And sure as shit, I looked over at my wife and I was like, that looks like Joe Rogan. And I was pretty pumped because this was right after I forgot we she had asked me something friends like almost like, hey, do you know this trivia? And I was like, yeah, I know this. So blah, blah, blah. And she's like, wow. You're starting to become the real friends aficionado knowing all these little fun facts and stuff. And then right after that, that's when I pointed out, like, dude, is that Joe Rogan? And when we Googled it, it was like Joe Rogan was on Friends. It's like that same exact episode that we were watching. Didn't have a line, but he was just there. And you could just tell, like, hey, I think that guy is going to be good at commentating cage fighting and just talking into a microphone to random people. You know, I don't know if it was just a coincidence that he was on the same episode as Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, someone who was known for action movies and being a great martial artist. So maybe it's just a coincidence. But, you know, for any Joe Rogan friends or Joe Rogan fans or friends fans and you're curious about it, it's season two, episode 13. Keep a lookout for Joe's big old head and a hazmat suit. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we had two defensive linemen that have kind of been in the the news and the headlines over the past day or two, but they've been for completely different reasons. So the first person I'm going to talk about is Aaron Donald, the star defensive tackle from the Los Angeles Rams, 29 years old. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. And he's in the news because, you know, he's from Pittsburgh. He played football at the University of Pittsburgh. And in the offseason, apparently he has a home in Pittsburgh. So this story comes out of Pittsburgh from Sunday night, April 11th, that around apparently 3 in the morning, he got in an altercation with someone outside of the club. And it resulted in this dude getting 16 stitches to his head, a broken eye socket, a broken nose, 
a broken slash sprained arm. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know if they just know that, hey, his arm's messed up. It might be sprained. It might be broken. So we don't know yet. But his arm's messed up. And to top it all off, he got a concussion. So, well, first off, when I read these kind of, like, list of injuries, I almost feel like, well, shit, you got in an altercation with Aaron Donald? Have you seen pictures of this dude, you know, working out or some of the drills he's done in the NFL and seeing how fucking huge he is? I'm surprised the dude isn't dead. Like, I would assume that getting an altercation with Aaron Donald would result in death. So, apparently, I guess, like, from the accounts and witnesses or, or from the, you know, the person that got attacked what happened was apparently he bumped into Aaron Donald in the club and apologized to Donald but apparently that wasn't good enough for Aaron Donald so some sort of altercation happened which resulted in Aaron Donald the victim and you know I guess their entourage or their friends all being asked to leave the club and then outside the club that's where Aaron Donald punched him and I guess his group of friends like assaulted him and that's where he wound up with all these injuries the Rams haven't really made any comments other than you know we're gonna pay attention to the investigation and what the police find and what all the cameras find and stuff like that but you know I don't even know what Aaron Donald is doing putting himself in a position like that I don't know why he because that just seems like such a bonehead like trying to act like a tough guy if there's you know there's few people in this world you know you think of like MMA champions or just anyone who's an elite athlete I don't know why you'd feel the need to put yourself in a situation like that it's like what do you got to prove you know earlier in the offseason Chase Claypool wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers there was a video of him being caught like inside a scuffle outside of a bar and it's so fucking stupid it's like these athletes who their biggest asset is their body and they're gonna go out there and put that on the line or risk that for a fucking stupid like drunk altercation or to act macho or something like that it's like dude people are going to try to test you all the time especially because it's like you got money and you're famous and i think anyone wants to be able to go tell their boys like oh dude i got the better of so-and-so i think it was last year i think it was a dallas goddard or like there was someone that got knocked the fuck out in a bar in North or South Dakota, one of those like random states up there in the Midwest. And he got completely like cold cock knocked out. And, you know, it's like people are, you know, that's a story for whoever knocked that dude out. And, you know, I think there was another video like a week or two ago that ex NFL defensive lineman, he got his ass kicked in a Walmart. So I don't get it, man. Like I, <laughs> these NFL dudes, it's like you guys are fucking tough, but quit trying to throw hands because it's like one on one side you're gonna have be an Aaron Donald situation where now he's got a lawsuit for fucking assaulting a dude or you're gonna make someone's life by getting your ass kicked because you might be a great athlete but that doesn't mean you know how to throw hands so it'll be interesting to see what kind of comes out of the situation if Aaron Donald will face any like criminal charges if he will face any you know fines or suspension from the league so we'll have to keep an eye out on that and the other defensive lineman that, you know, has been in news, as I had mentioned, it's not for trouble, but it's for joining a new team. It's Jadavian Clowney. It's the former 2014 number one overall pick. He has signed a one-year, $10 million deal to join the Cleveland Browns. So the Browns, their defensive line is looking scary because he is now joining, you know, 
a line that already boasts the likes of Miles Garrett. You know, he's a former first round pick. And, you know, speaking of first round picks, the Cleveland Browns have now three number one first overall picks, you know, with Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, and Baker Mayfield. So they've definitely stockpiled a lot of talent. They've got a great team. And that defensive line, it's looking scary because not only do you have Jadavian Clowney and you got uh, Miles Garrett. They're joining Sheldon Richardson and Malik Jackson, who are also scary. So the Cleveland Browns are going to be putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. You know, Joe Burrow, who was just getting slaughtered last year during his rookie year, I'm sure he's not too excited having to face that scary defensive line twice a year, At like especially coming after that, you know, getting his knee completely demolished. So, you know, maybe in the draft in a couple weeks, they get Panay Sewell to help hopefully protect him from all this pressure he's going to get. But, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I think I saw something like yesterday that they were about like plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl. And, I mean, if you could still find odds like that, I'd throw 25 bucks. You know, maybe throw a little bit of money in Cleveland to finally get it done. At the end of the day, they are still the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, with recent successes in Cleveland sports, you know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers have won an NBA championship over the like in the within the past 10 years they had Stipe Miocic who reps Cleveland who was the UFC heavyweight champion up until not too long ago so you never know maybe this is the year 2021 will be the year that the Cleveland Browns kind of you know make the city truly happy and bring home a Super Bowl I mean having a pretty stacked defensive line like that is definitely a nice weapon to have all right, and before we get out of here, one fighting championship returned to TNT last night. They had two pretty good fights on the main card. I think that the rest of the card was broadcast on Bleacher Report. Um, I didn't catch any of those, to be honest, but I did catch the two fights that were on TNT. And they, they were, you know, it was entertaining stuff. You know, the first fight, it was a woman's atom weight out so i think that comes out to 115 pounds like i looked at the kilograms it was like 52 kilograms or something like that but it comes out to 115 pounds and it was american janet todd i guess she's a decorated kickboxing champion and now she's trying to come over to muay thai and you know be a muay thai champion so this was under the one fc muay thai rules so this is like with mma gloves but it's stand up so you can use elbows kicks knees but there's no grappling there's no throwing so she was matched up with norwegian anna lynn hogstad and you know she was the better fighter or janet todd was the better fighter the american she i felt like was winning all the exchanges she never was really hurt and in the third round she blasted the norwegian chick with a liver kick and immediately put her down it was like she just took a t-ball bat and whacked her in the liver probably knocked the wind out and the ref stopped the fight it was really impressive and it's definitely i'm digging these fights i'm digging these muay thai fights with the mma gloves in the mma cage it's a nice gimmick that one fc has that will definitely make me keep coming back to watch because anytime i see that it's a muay thai fight it's like it's guaranteed all action and it's definitely worth watching so one fc especially just for the muay thai 
definitely worth checking out. It's a gimmick that I think the UFC should be able to, should adopt, you know, whip it out for, you know, certain fighters or even bringing in some of the world's best Muay Thai because I feel like if you ever wanted to bolster one of their pay-per-views and really make it worth the money, nothing better than a couple people just standing across the cage and blasting shins and elbows and, you know, until there's only one left standing. So, yeah, Muay Thai in the cage, MMA gloves, thumbs up digging it and then the main event it was the one fc lightweight champion christian lee he was defending his title over the russian timothy nostyukin nostyukin was actually the guy that knocked out eddie alvarez and eddie alvarez's one debut so he's definitely a scary dude he looked big for the weight he looked like thicker than christian lee christian lee was definitely more slender build but you know he's explosive and fast and i guess the story or kind of like the headline going into a lot of Christian Lee's past fights is a lot. Of, he was, you know, kind of almost similar to Jan Blahovich, where, you know, the, the professional or the experts and the journalists have been picking him to lose his like like past three recent fights. But he's come out on top. I think it started off when he had he moved up in weight class to challenge Shinya Aoki for the lightweight title. Because I think up until that point, Christian Lee was fighting featherweight. And featherweight in 1FC, you know, if you keep in mind, the weight classes are like one up in like 1FC, I guess, pun not intended. But in featherweight in the UFC, it's 145 pounds. And it's my understanding that in 1FC, the featherweight is 155 pounds, whereas the lightweight limit is 170 versus 155 in the UFC. So, you know... Long story short, Christian Lee, when he fought Shinioki, who's been around for a long time, this guy's been around for well over a decade, been the most one of the most decorated lightweight fighters outside of the UFC. He's been huge in Japan, fighting for all the promotions that have popped up there over the past two decades. But, you know, Christian Lee was able to weather the storm and knock him out in the second round. It was a big upset. I remember reading about it back when it happened but you know now kind of being more familiar with 1FC and and now having seen one of Christian Lee's fights live it's you know this dude is super impressive man like you know because not only did he win the lightweight title he stepped in for an indie injured Eddie Alvarez and won the 1FC lightweight world grand grand prix so not as only is he the world champion he's the grand prix world champion and so with this fight you know it was really exciting or at least the build-up was this is going to be an exciting fight you know because Christian Lee he's like a karate champion or I think his parents were both really decorated in martial arts. His older sister is fights in one, his younger sister fights in one. So it's just a family that's built, you know, a legacy on like great stand up. He's got great grappling. So it's definitely, you know, going in against a guy who knocked out Eddie Alvarez. I was pretty pumped, you know, to see what would happen. And this guy, Christian Lee, man, He's the real deal. He caught Nastyukin with a you know a quick punch and followed it up and was just hitting him about like probably a good fifteen times or so. The ref really gave Nastyukin a chance to recover, but never did. And Christian Lee defended his title. It was about seventy four seconds into the fight. It was super quick. But this guy, man, he is the real deal. He is twenty two years old. 
He made his debut and won at 17 years old. He's amassed a 15 and three record, and I think one of those losses is because he suplexed a dude right on his his neck, and I guess that's against the rules in one FC. So God forbid <coughs> that you throw a flying knee to a downed opponent or blast a downed opponent with knees or whatever, but God forbid you throw him on his fucking head. So, I mean, this Christian Lee, really impressive, you know, him being that age, I feel like he still got so much room to grow and be better. It would, I would love to see him be matched up with some of the best 155 pounders the UFC has to offer. I got fight with, you know, Christian Lee and either Poirier or Conor McGregor or Michael Chandler or something like that. You know, Charles Oliveira, all those guys against Christian Lee. I think that would be a sick fight. You know, looking at, you know mentioning Shinya Yoki a couple minutes ago if you look at his career he spent almost his entire career in Japan and in Asia I think it's saved for maybe one or two fights where he came over to Bellator like I know he came over once to fight Eddie Alvarez so hopefully Christian Lee doesn't choose that path he, definitely 1FC is going to try to keep him because he's probably their biggest star and I think he does have relation with either the company or I don't know if I would have to look more into that, but I kept hearing he's part of 1FC royalty or the first family of 1FC. It's probably just because his siblings are all in the in the, uh, in the the promotion, but he's definitely an exciting fighter. He's definitely a name to you know keep an eye out. If you see Christian Lee, if he's going to be fighting on one, especially on TNT, definitely check it out. Hopefully, they'll get him in the cage sooner rather than later. I mean, only 74 seconds. I'm sure he's going to be fine, so unless he like broke a knuckle or or his foot or something during that whole barrage. I'd like to see him in the cage as soon as possible. But until next time, I hope you guys have a great one. I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download this show, that takes the time to listen to this show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed what you've listened to, be a friend. Tell a friend. And if you don't like what you listen to, you can just pretend you never listened to it and just mosey on with your day. But until next time, I have been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show coming to you from the Tesla studios here in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. Have a great one, guys. Peace.